The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. It starts with the family, doesn't it? You're not uh, put into a family. You are born into a family. So we understand that God has put us, if you would, into the family of God by the birth, the second birth. Uh, the Bible talks to us in John chapter 3, and Jesus says, you must be born again. Here's a good question for you this morning. Have you been born again? Do you have fellowship with God by birth? Are you in God's family? Are you in fellowship with the Lord? That's an important question every person needs to be able to answer this morning. Because we can attempt worship. We can attempt fellowship. We can attempt doing church here or being the church here. But if we don't have fellowship with God, our fellowship with one another is not going to be right. It's not going to, it's not going to work in God's church. The truth is, is we can only have fellowship the right way with each other if we're first in fellowship with God. In order to understand how we have fellowship with God, I, I think we need to look at where fellowship broke first. The Bible tells us, go with me to Genesis chapter number one, Genesis in chapter number one, and God created man. Hey, uh, let me just tell you this morning, I'm not going to get into all the details of it, but I believe in the beginning, God created. We didn't come from nothing. We didn't evolve from nothingness. There was a God that created all things. God is, is perfectly complete in himself. He wasn't created. He wasn't made. He is, always has been, always will be. He is God. And God, by him, by him and for him, everything was made. The Bible tells us in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And in verse number 26, on the sixth day as God has created so many other things, the Bible says, and God said, let us make man in our image. You notice the plural uh, uh, descriptions here. That word God in the Hebrews, the word Elohim, it is a plural word that talks about the three persons of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Just bear with me this sec- just for a few moments. I want to lay you some groundwork. And, and God is saying this, uh, as we see the presence of the Trinity, the triune God, as we looked at 1 John five thirteen, the three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Notice what they say. They say, let us, Elohim, let us make man in our image. And notice, after our likeness, God is in three persons, in three parts. And God made man in three parts. God made a complete man, a whole man, in his image and in his likeness. There are three parts to man as there are three parts to God. And we understand that in the beginning, God created, he created us. He created man, body, soul, and spirit. It is the body that we can see, that we understand. I mean, think about this as we are three parts. We have a body, and the body responds to what? Well, the five senses, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. It's how the body understands and translates uh, what it comes in contact to. Don't we, we all understand we have a body. We've been born. We have a body. We can see it. It's that physical part of our lives that we all see and we all understand. So all of us have a body. 
And God created that. The Bible talks about how God uh, created the body. He, he took the dust of the ground. The Bible says he formed man. And he breathed into man. And man became a living soul. It's the second part of man that God has given, created in us. As we understand, since the fall, death passed upon all men, and we live in a body that's going to die. Uh, we're going to only live a certain amount of time on this planet, then our, our body is going to be uh, dead. And what happens when we die? The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. We know that every single one of us, one day, if the Lord should tarry, are going to taste death. And so our bodies are going to die. It was part of the curse. It was part of the fall. They went from perfectness as God created them, uh, eternality, if you would, that their bodies would go on and live forever because there was no presence of sin. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 3 that the wages of sin is death. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 that death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And we understand the reason why there's sickness, the reason why there's pain, the reason why there's war and trouble and all the things that are terrible and evil and wicked in the world that we live in are because of sin. And sin came into the world and we understand that the process of how that happened in the garden is, is uh, the, the devil, that serpent, Lucifer, the deceiver, came and deceived uh, Eve, and she took and disobeyed God, and she offered to uh, her husband Adam, and he willingly and knowingly uh, uh, disobeyed God, and he sinned against God. Before that happened, though, we see something else. We see Adam in the garden, and he is daily in the garden fellowshipping with God. The Bible says he walked with God each day. He walked with God in the garden. There was a fellowship that God uh, gave him. His spirit, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. And so God tells us that in order for someone to worship God, they must have a spirit. They must be able to spiritually connect with God who is a spirit We understand that God has given or created man complete with body, soul, and spirit. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. Let me show you this in the scriptures as God describes a whole man in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 and verse number 23. Look what he says here. And here's Paul, to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, speaking to the church at Thessalonica, giving some uh, great uh, little uh, couple words and uh, short verses. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. Quench not the Spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast, abstain from the appearance of evil. Notice verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you. What's that next word? Holy. Now, the word holy there is not H-O-L-Y, as we think God is holy, and we're to be holy as God is holy. But the word there is W-H-O-L-L-Y, and that word means complete. It means the whole man. In other words, when God saves someone, he doesn't just save the soul. He doesn't just save, if you would, and quicken the spirit. He saves the whole man. He saves all of us, all of completely in who we are. He saves us body, soul, and spirit. Notice what he says in verse number 23. The very God of peace sanctify you. Holy, we believe sanctification is progressive. God's working us in the life of a Christian. When we come to Christ, he's progressively sanctifying us. He's doing that work in us. uh, We understand that Paul uh, declared to uh, those Christians, he said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your what? Your bodies. 
a living sacrifice. He's not just talking about God saved my soul. He's saying sanctification is within the body, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice. Does God care about our bodies? You know why we know God cares about our bodies? When Jesus comes back, the dead in Christ will what? Rise first. What's coming up out of the grave is their bodies. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. When someone dies before the coming of the Lord, what do we understand? That their soul is absent from their body, that it is present with the Lord. But God didn't just save us in our soul. He saved all of us. He's going to one day give us a glorified body, isn't he? He's going to take this corruptible, he's going to put on incorruption. This mortal is going to put on immortality. And so we understand that God doesn't just care about our soul. He cares about the whole man, and he sanctifies the whole man. And he says, body, notice, he says, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God gave us a body. He created the body. Uh, Five senses, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, and and uh, how many, uh, you're, you're using those senses even right now. And your body is, is uh, defining and describing and interpreting things uh, through those things. God gave us a soul, and the soul is who I am. It is myself. It is uh, what I feel, my emotion. The seed of my emotion is what I think, the intellect, how I think. God gave us a soul. It's who we are, right? So uh, my uh, personality exists in my soul, my Thought life exists in my soul. Uh, The Bible talks about those lusts that war against the soul. So we understand also in the seed of our soul is lust and desire. It is our soul, the soul that what? Sinneth, it shall die. So from the soul, we think, we feel. We, we, this, is, this is part of who we are. It is the description of who God made us. It's our personality. It's our intellect. It's our emotion. I'm getting somewhere this morning. There's a body. There's a soul. There's a spirit. What does the Spirit do? The Spirit is that which communes with God. The Bible says, uh, uh, describing salvation, and you hath he what? Quickened who were dead in your trespasses. It says, what was dead? Was your body dead? No. Was your soul dead? No. What was dead? Your spirit. Your ability to commune and fellowship with God. What happened in the Garden of Eden? Adam could not walk with God in the cool of the garden anymore. They were thrust without the fellowship. Fellowship was broken. Jesus Christ died on the cross to restore our ability to fellowship with God. We could not fellowship with God. In other words, the the ability that we had that God created us with to fellowship and commune with God no longer existed. It was broken. Let me tell you this morning, nothing is going to regenerate, quicken, bring back to life that spirit except for the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that can make that which is dead, that spirit, alive again. You can't join a church or be a good person. No amount of body work or soul work can regenerate a dead spirit. Only God and his finished work on the cross of Calvary can bring that spirit back to life. There's a resurrection that happened. The Spirit, you know what the Spirit does? This is what the Spirit does. The Spirit is that if you're a Christian, you know it because this is what happens in you. You hear the truth of God's Word. You know what the Spirit is? The Spirit is that which is in you that hears the truth and says, that's truth. That's truth. It bears witness. It says, that's truth. That's true. That's true. That's the Spirit. The Spirit within us bears witness, the Bible says. 
And so the, there's a spirit within us that responds to truth. And it only responds to truth. The, the word of God is given. It's the spirit that responds to that. Hey, God is the spirit and we must worship him in spirit and truth. Hey, it's not enough this morning that I just thought about God in my soul, in my intellect. It's not enough this morning that I just, if you would, that I just felt God or, uh, or I uh, felt him in my emotions, again, in my soul. It's not enough this morning uh, that I saw the church or that I heard the word of God. It's not enough that I just experienced God in my body. It's not enough that I just experienced God in my soul. In order to fellowship with God, I need to have a spirit. You say, how do I know if I have a spirit? Well, it's a good question. We read in, in uh, First uh, John in chapter number five that we can know that we have eternal life. Uh, in verse number two, he said, by this, we know that we love the children of God. He tells us what happened in our life. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one, and there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. You know, what is my makeup? I'm body, soul, and spirit. Number two, where is my witness? In other words, how do I know that I'm a Christian? How do I know that I'm saved? How do I know that I'm a child of God? Do I know that I'm a child of God because I said words with my mouth and I heard myself say that? And do I know I'm a child of God because I did something physically? I went forward at an invitation. I moved and knelt at an altar. I bowed my head. I said a prayer. Does that make me, does the physical action, is that what makes me a child of God? Is that what makes me know that I'm a child of God? I said, why are you talking about this morning? Because there's so many people that struggle with struggle with knowing that they're a Christian. They struggle with assurance of their salvation. The reason why many people struggle is they look for the witness in the wrong place. They look for the witness of their salvation in the wrong place. Some people look, again, to a physical thing that happened. Another thing that people do is they they think they're saved. You with me this morning? They think, in other words, I think that I'm saved. I, in my intellect, in my mind, I think I'm saved. And anybody ever feel like you're saved or not feel like you're saved? That's the emotions, isn't it? That's again in the soul. In the soul, uh, I, I can maybe feel saved or maybe not feel saved. Uh, in my mind, I can think I'm saved. I can think I'm a child of God or I can think I'm not a child of God. There's a problem with this. Because the Bible says we're to know that we have eternal life. We're to know that we're a child of God. We're to be in fellowship as Christians with God and with each other. And when I see it in God's word, it's definitive. It's, it's, direct, it's a directive. He's saying you should know this. You should understand this. And, and this is something you should have settled. And I'm not talking to you this morning because I'm trying to talk anybody out of their salvation. I'm not talking to you this morning because I'm trying to get you to feel emotionally something about your salvation that may cause you to bring it into question. But here's the reason why a lot of people struggle with their salvation. They look for the witness in the wrong place. Let me show you something. Look at uh, Romans chapter number 8. Romans in chapter number 8 in the Bible with me. Just turn there. We're going to look at a few verses this morning. Romans in chapter number 8. And uh, let me help you this morning. Romans in chapter number 8. 
How many have ever, and uh, how, you don't have to raise your hand, how many have ever had doubts about your salvation? You ever struggled with it? You don't have to raise your hand, but if you want to, it's fine. You, you, you said, I've struggled with it. I've had doubts. I've had fears. I've had people come to me and say, I'm late awake at night. I, I wondered if I was saved. I thought about, am I saved? Was I too young when I made a profession? Did I say the right words? Did I pray the right prayer? Did I do everything I needed to do? Where's the witness that tells me, what, what is it that tells me that I know? Notice Romans chapter number 8, verse number 16. The Bible says the Spirit, what? Itself. Beareth, beareth witness with what? Our spirit that we are the children of God. Where's the witness? The Spirit. The Spirit is the witness. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit, that which is communing with God and fellowship with God that enables us to talk with God and approach God and worship God. The Spirit within us, God's Spirit. Hey, listen, when you got saved, this is what happened. The Holy Spirit came in you, and He indwells, the Bible says, the believer. He made us His temple. He made us His tabernacle. He lives within us. The Holy Spirit came in. He made alive that part of you that was dead, that could not fellowship with God, apart from God. He took that spirit. He made it alive again. He made you, and ye are complete in him. Were you incomplete before Jesus? Yes, you were. We were incomplete before Christ. We were not complete before Jesus Christ. We were empty. There was a void. We were not what we should be. Only Christ makes a man whole. Isn't that the amazing thing is Jesus uh, healed people? He didn't just say that he made their body whole. He says he made them whole. He made them whole. It's speaking about what he spiritually did for them, not just what he physically did for them. He took a man that was not whole, that didn't have a, a completeness in him, and he, he made him complete again. Hey, listen, if you're saved and you're Christ, that's what Jesus did for you. That's what he did for me. He, take us, he took us who were incomplete, who were not finished, and boy, he made us complete in him. Once again, we've been given. Now, now what we understand is that our body, our body is still corruptible. Our body is still going to die. The soul lives forever. And the body says, the Bible tells us that he has saved our soul from hell. He has delivered us up. He has made us to sit together in heavenly places. He has given us the opportunity. Aren't you glad that we don't have to wait to get to heaven to fellowship with God? That we can fellowship with God here. Yes, imperfectly. Yes, with limited understanding. Yes, not uh, as we will one day when we get to heaven. But we are able to commune with God. How many can't wait to see Jesus? Well, we'd love to see him today, but we're not going to see him until he returns, until he makes us whole, complete in a sense that he gives us that glorified body, and then we will be body, soul, and spirit perfect once again without sin, without that sin nature that's within us. Because we understand that God has saved us. But if you're struggling this morning with questions about your salvation, let me encourage you this morning with a thought. The spirit is where the witness is. The Spirit is what says, 
You're saved or you're not saved. In other words, if there is nothing within you that confirms with the word of God that you're a Christian, that you're in fellowship with God, that you know God, hey, listen, it doesn't matter how much you think, it doesn't matter how much you feel, it doesn't matter what you've done, you're never going to have peace in your heart about your salvation until the spirit within you bears witness with God's spirit that you're his child. The witness, the Bible says, is the Spirit himself. He's by himself the witness. He is the witness that God has put in us. And notice what happens. When God put the witness in us, we became witnesses. Isn't that neat? The Bible says, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit indwells us, regenerated our spirit, communes with God, we're in fellowship with God, we can now have fellowship one with another, and guess what we get to do in this world? We get to allow the Holy Spirit of God to be the witness through us. He uses us as a spirit, he uses our bodies, our voices, he uses us to be the witness to the world that we live in. Isn't it an amazing thing? Hey, listen, is the spirit within you? Do you have a spirit? Are you in fellowship with God? The Bible says you can know that you're in fellowship with God. Hey, listen, if you hear the word of God and there's nothing inside that says that's true, that's settled, I believe that, that's the Holy Spirit. You know what? Some days you're going to think, anybody ever get your, been tricked in your mind? I said this in our class this morning. All of us know how to play mind games. We wore clothing today that hope, hopefully made us look slimmer. Put something on, we say, I know what I look like, I know what my flaws are, but hopefully when I cover this and put this on, I can play mind games on people. When they look at me, because of the lines of the clothes that I have, I'll appear to be smaller than what I am. Now, some of us, mission accomplished, and some of us not so good, but it, we, you know, we, we, can, uh, we, we made it or we didn't make it. We know how to play mind games. Anybody ever believe something that wasn't true? I mean, just because someone believes something doesn't make it true. Just because someone in their mind asserts to something or, or, or thinks that something is accurate doesn't mean that it's accurate. Think about some of the things that mankind in science and history have made statements in the past about things that were true that we found out later were not true. Just because everybody believes it, asserts to it intellectually, and thinks that it's true doesn't make it true. You know what the Holy Spirit does? The Bible says, try the spirits to say whether they are of God. In other words, we understand that there are other spirits in this world, don't we? Other than God's spirit. And God's spirit bears witness of Jesus Christ. He tells us the truth. He says, if any other spirit comes, don't listen to that spirit. The Holy Spirit tells us the truth. He bears witness of what Jesus Christ has done. Hey, listen, what happens? The word of God is given. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The Holy Spirit of God takes the word of God, convicts the heart of an individual. And he does that work inside, and he makes that spirit alive, and we have fellowship with God. Hey, listen, when you got saved, did it change the way you think? Hopefully. Did it change the way you feel? Yeah. Did it, did it change what you do with your body? Hopefully. Because the word of God and the spirit of God and their presence in our lives changes us completely, sanctifies us wholly, body, soul, and spirit. 
And if you're struggling this morning with knowing that you're a Christian, knowing that you're saved and being sure that you uh, have Christ, hey, listen, I wonder, do you have the spirit within that's a witness? Is he bearing witness with God's spirit that you're his child? You can only be in God's family if you've been born again. And you're born again, not of the will of man, not of the works of the flesh, not according to uh, our intellect, our thinking, but according to God's work in us. God does that work in us, doesn't he? He shows us, doesn't he, who we are without him. What were we without Christ, sinners, on our way to hell, under the wrath of God, under condemnation? And we understand that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But boy, what the word of God did, when we heard the word of God and we weren't a Christian, you know what it should show us? Apart from God, I'm not good enough. I can't add God to my life and become okay. I can't add church or add religion or add a faith or start to do good things and that's going to get me to heaven. Ye must be born again. Jesus said that to us. So have you ever been born again? Not do you believe in God? Not have you done good things? Not, not have, uh, are you wanting to be a part of the church and join the church? Not did you get baptized or, or, or what you assert to in your mind? Hey, listen, it's not about what you think. It's not about what you feel. It's about what you know. It's about what you know. The Holy Spirit tells us. I wonder, have you ever asked God, God, am I your child? I'm not asking, do you feel saved this morning? I'm not asking, do you think that you're saved this morning? I'm asking, do you know that you're saved? Do you know Christ? Do you know him? Do you know in your heart that you're a child of God? These things have I written unto you that believe on the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life. Hey, listen, I'm glad if you had an experience with God. I'm glad if you got emotionally excited about something. I'm glad if you intellectually have thought about God and learned about God through his word. But there's something spiritual that needs to happen in every person for them to become a child of God. If not, then we could think ourselves saved, feel ourselves saved, work ourselves saved. But what do we realize? Without the Spirit, there's no salvation. There's no salvation. The Holy Spirit of God does that work within us. Now, how does that happen? The Word of God and the Spirit of God do the work in the heart of a man, and he comes to Christ. Isn't that awesome thing that God does? He does that in us. He, he works in us before he can ever work through us. I wonder, has God ever done a work in you? A lot of times we say, oh, I want to be used. I want to work. I want to serve. I want to labor. I want to be a part. I want to join. I want to do this. Has God ever done a work in you? Do you know that you're saved? It, it, they, they used to ask this question, and I think it's a good question. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Or would you have some doubt? You know what? If there's a spirit that's bearing witness, if I have a trial, if I'm put on trial, if there's a case, the person who's in defense, who's the devil? The accuser. He's the accuser. What does he do? Prosecutor. 
He's the one that comes and accuses. He points. He, he declares. Hey, listen, what were, what were we? His accusations were accurate, weren't they? Were you a sinner? Yeah. Did you, did you sin? Have you done wrong? Absolutely. I mean, most of the time, we don't feel guilty about things we didn't do. We feel guilty about things we have done. That's where that comes from. Hey, listen, if, if, if there's an accusation and you've done that, there's going to be a sense of guilt. I was in uh, court uh, earlier this week for uh, some of the projects and things that we're doing in our building and had to get some things uh, passed uh, while we're there. And there were, I had to listen to some of these trials that were before us, and everything was about semantics. Nobody was guilty. It was all about we're going to amend the accusation. Now, instead of uh, did you have possession of drugs, uh, were you in possession of something perhaps that you shouldn't have had? It was all about semantics. They just changed, changed, changed the accusation. Hey, listen, the devil, the law in yourself, there's accusation that's coming. You're a sinner. You've sinned. You've broken God's law. I mean, even look at the Ten Commandments. Have we kept even the Ten Commandments? No, we haven't kept them. Jesus was clear as even if we thought we kept the ten, we have broken them in our hearts. We've broken them within. We have, we, we, we have kept the law. The law declares us sinners, and the devil accuses us of being who we are. So when the devil comes accusing, who's your advocate? We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Oh, in the courtroom, guess who comes? Jesus Christ, the righteous. And who's the witness that he calls? The Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the witness. He calls the Holy Spirit to the stand. What Jesus says, the Holy Spirit, the witness, affirms. When the Holy Spirit's on the stand and is questioned on on the accounts of your sin... Those accounts have been settled because of what Jesus Christ has done. He's our advocate. He's our high priest. He's our mediator. And the Holy Spirit says, yes, it's true. It's true. I know it's true. I have borne witness of this. I'm testifying of the truth. You know what you should have? A testimony within that says, I'm a child of God. I know God. And listen, people struggle with this all the time, again, because they look for the witness in the wrong place. Listen, you don't want to call your body to the stand. You don't want to, how many know that would be a mistake? You don't want to call your soul to the stand. You don't want to call your intellect, your mind, your thoughts, your feelings. You don't want to call that to the stand. Some days you think and feel like everything's okay. And how many of you have days where you think and feel like everything's not okay? Boy, that's not a place to call a witness. But there is a constant, isn't there? There is a witness within the spirit that bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Not that we might be, not that we maybe are, but that we are. So here's the question this morning. Do you have a witness to call? Do you have a witness to call? Is the spirit there to call on that witness. It starts with the family. What's my makeup? Body, soul, and spirit. Where's the witness? The Holy Spirit. Who gives us fellowship? Go to 1 John chapter 1. We'll be done this morning. 1 John in chapter number 1. 1 John in chapter number 1. We were in 1 John 5. Just look back a couple chapters. Who gives us fellowship? 
Is fellowship something that we can drum up on ourselves, by ourselves? Is fellowship we can accomplish? We can't accomplish fellowship with God apart from His Spirit. So we cannot have fellowship one with another apart with His Spirit. Look what it says. That which was from the beginning which we have heard. Notice the senses which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. He's saying this. He's an apostle. John, bodily, I'm a witness of these things. In my body, I've seen this. I'm bearing witness bodily of this. Notice, for the life was manifested, we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifest unto us. Notice, he, as a physical human witness could bear record, could talk about, could state, could say, could show to them eternal life, but could not give them eternal life. That which we have seen and heard, notice, declare. Notice the person with the witness becomes a witness. John is a witness. He's declaring unto you that ye also may have fellowship, notice this, with us. You can't have fellowship, he's saying, with us, with those that have been saved. Notice, and truly our fellowship is with who? The Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, what's the next two words, church? We lie. And do not the truth. In other words, you can say something. You can feel something. You can assert to something. But you can lie to yourself and everybody else. You can lie. Say, I'm a Christian. I'm in fellowship. I'm a child of God. You can lie about that. You can lie to yourself. You can lie to other people. But if we what? Walk in the light. As he is in the light... We have what? Fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all sin. Wow. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He has saved us. For by grace you say through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus unto good works. It's an awesome thing. God does a great work within in saving us, and then God does a great work without in sanctifying us, and God uses us as a witness to share the gospel with others, and boy, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. You believe the gospel has power this morning? Oh, it has power, doesn't it? It doesn't have, pow- it doesn't have power because I made it true, because I thought it up, because I-, I-, I allowed it to be, I talked myself into it. I I didn't need the gospel as a crutch because I needed something to believe in. I needed the gospel because I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was on my way to a place called hell. I was under the wrath of God, and I needed salvation, and I needed redemption. And God was good to me. And God was gracious to me, not willing that I should perish, 
but that I should come to repentance. Hey, listen, repentance is not just feeling sorry and crying about your sin. Repentance is a change in your life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hey, listen, has there been a change in your life? I'm not saying, did you change religions? I'm not saying, did you change churches? I'm not saying, did you change your mind? I'm saying, are you a Christian? Are you in fellowship with God? Have you been born again? Because you cannot fellowship with God without his spirit. And we cannot fellowship with each other. Oh, it'll be a failed experiment. It'll be a terrible mess when we try to have fellowship without Jesus, without his spirit. Hey, listen, is there a witness? The witness is within, isn't it? When you hear the word of God, what does the witness say? If there's a lack of witness and you don't know, you know what you need this morning? You need to be saved. You need to call upon the name of the Lord. You need to respond to the truth of God's word and allow the Holy Spirit of God to enter in. You got to respond. Hey, listen, if you don't respond, it's, it's your choice. But I'm telling you this morning, why in the world would we not respond to the truth that God reveals to us? Hey, are we sinners? Yeah. But I'm glad that every time that old liar, that thief, that destroyer, that devil, rears his ugly head and says, oh, you're a sinner. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. Who comes in? That mediator, that advocate, Jesus Christ. And who does he call to the stand? The Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God within says, oh, he's a child of God. He's one of my child. He's been redeemed. He's washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get thee behind me, Satan. I can resist the devil and he will flee. Why? Because of the truth not because of my feeling, not because of my thoughts, not because of my actions, but because of the truth. You know what the devil runs from? The truth. So what's the truth this morning? Are you saved? You know Christ? Oh, you can pretend, you can play, you can conjure. Come on, we've all done it, played mind games. Oh, yeah. Talk yourself into it. Hey, listen, if you have the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be talked into it, and you can't be talked out of it. Some people, they talk themselves in and out of salvation. What really they're doing is resisting the Holy Spirit of God that's trying to tell them, hey, listen, you're not a child of God. You need to get saved. You need to respond. I wonder. You say, I've been going to church for so many years. I've been a part of this. Listen, are you a child of God? Have you been born again? Because if we really believe it's not of works, then all that stuff should go out the window. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. It doesn't matter all the things you heard no matter what your experiences have been, is there a witness within that says, yes, God says it, and that settles it. I know. You know what the Spirit responds to? Truth, and only truth. I wonder, what's he saying to you this morning? Do you know you're a child of God? Have you been born again? We can't fellowship without God's Spirit. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.